Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. It's Thankful Thursday. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here at K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Alexandra Nikolai. Good morning, Alexandra. How are you? Good morning. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm delightful today. I'm thankful. I mean, <laughs> I'm in the zone of thankful and how the heck it is that we get here, you know? So yeah. what I what I wrote about for our for our uh, introduction on Blog Talk Radio today is thankfulness is contingent on your thoughtfulness. So mm. where what are you thoughtful? filled with? Where, where do you allow your thoughts to take you that you even had the opportunity to land in a place of thankful, right? Yes. And so I think we take our audience on a journey through that place because so many people, and we all fall into it at, at, at some point in time and for varying points of time, right? Uh Oh, woe is me. <laughs> yeah. And then, Sorry, I lost audio for a moment there, but you're back. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going on with my system over here. I think it's the weather outside. I'm slip- I mean, can you hear me now? Now you're frozen. Oh, my goodness. We got some issues this morning. Are you Dr. With me? Carlin is frozen. There she is. She's back down. <laughs> yeah. All technology, Thursday morning. Oh, my goodness. But I'm thankful when we have the connection. Yes. So we all, we, we journey in and out of that, um, that weird zone, you know. And I guess, I guess really the journey is a good one because if it was just a flat line, I'm always thankful, I'm always good, I'm always here, you know, flat line in the uh, – Hospital means you're dead. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I'm going to go, I'm going to go off because you broke for a little bit, but I'm going to go off what I think you, you, you talked about. Um, and yeah, you know, there's obviously going to be, I was actually just reading something this morning before our, our call. There's, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's going to be glitches. There's going to, you're going to hit a little roadblock here and there or a big roadblock. Yeah, well, it was kind of a large one this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's just, you know, those kinds of experiences allow you to come back to some of the really good things. And um, like you say, you don't stay flatlined. You're able to to look at the whole picture. You're able to maybe appreciate some little things that you hadn't before. I have talked with many clients, and, and I thought of this myself. You know, I'm becoming more aware of mm. of the little things yeah. uh, because of everything that's been going on this year. And, you know, I'm finding myself smiling more at people sometimes okay. behind my mask, but, or and not even smiling, but talking more, saying thank you more often verbally because they can't see the, maybe can't see the smile on my face. Right. And so it's more, it's a lot more, how are you today? Thank you so much. Um, me verbalizing my gratitude, which I think is a really great thing. I that's think that's a really great thing. thing. Yeah. You know, and I think it's tied to our pace. Our mm. pace in this in this world and in our, and in our country has been so frenetic. 
that yeah. we're just, you know, we're whipping through and, and, and I try to, I, I mean, even before all this happened, I, I really like to pace myself. So I'm not in a rush. So I'm not uh, going from one thing to the next, but even when you're trying to be mindful about it, it you, you can get swept away and think, well, I got to get all this done. And then overwhelm happens. And when you're going from place to to place, it's like when I when I'm called into a corporate setting, an organizational setting of some sort, and there's some some sort of an issue. Well, it always has to do with the leadership, and it always has to do with the culture, and it always has to do with their pace. Yeah. And with their pace, if you're going from meeting to meeting, then when do you process what it is that took place in that meeting? How do you ever get to a place of being thankful? that you have a meeting to go to because you have a job because there's work to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the universe works in such great ways. It's so interesting that that's what you're bringing up because right before we hopped on today, I mentioned I have a a webinar. Yeah. Later this afternoon. And it is on basically an introduction to mindfulness and meditation and, and how to get started and where to start. And a lot of it is on, pace and um, keeping out the overwhelm and slowing down enough to appreciate and process what you're doing. Even if something you can practice mindfulness and gratitude, cooking, cutting up vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a lot of how you frame things and reframe if needed. And um, so that's, that's interesting that we're talking about this this morning and, and that's what I'm teaching on later this afternoon. So that's Oh, so you're teaching it. And mm-hmm. and who who is your audience? Who are you teaching it to? Is it in your group? Or yeah, the coaching clients in in business momentum syndicate. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I yeah. should I should be there. Yeah. All right. Today today at one o'clock uh, Eastern. So um, that's great. Let's tell our audience about that because. We're doing this business. We're doing some other business. (laughs) And we've got, um, so everybody in in the mindfulness needs to understand that in order to be able to capture your mind, you need the right nutrition. You need to be doing not blind nutrition, but targeted supplementation. Mm -hmm. And that stems from the business that you and I do and the product that does DNA repair. And then when you have all your faculties and you're healing your body, you have the capacity to grab your mind. And in the business coaching that you're talking about, tell everybody again what the name of that organization is that you and your four partners put together, right? Yeah, there's five of us total. Yeah. Five coaches that coach in different arenas, different areas of life and business. Uh, So it's called the Business Momentum Syndicate. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, for female coach, uh, female small to medium sized business owners, either looking to get started in business or maybe they've launched a business uh, and are looking to grow and scale and are looking for networking and, and ideas on on how to do that. And it's really great. The community now is over 700 members on our Facebook group mm. and. Uh, the networking has been really great. It's just women, women supporting women. And um, there's a woman who's in our coaching program. She's in Jerusalem and she makes handmade jewelry. 
She made these beautiful tree of life necklaces, handmade. And um, so I bought, I bought, I bought them for my staff for Christmas. And oh you know, it's it's just little things like that. Like, what a unique gift I was able to. I would never have run it. It would never have crossed paths with this woman had it not been for this group. And mm-hmm. there's stories like that happening all the time in there. So we're really excited about the momentum and <laughs> the business momentum syndicate. But the momentum of the group and and the camaraderie and the networking, it's been really great. So we do weekly calls. If you're in the paid program, you have weekly mastermind calls. And then today is uh, each of the coaches usually once a month teach on their specialty. So that's why they've asked, you know, a lot of people don't understand mindfulness or meditation or know where to start or, you know, they don't think they're doing it right, which is a real, that's not a real thing. So it's, it's going to be really going to be a, a fun workshop this afternoon. That's so. great. Well, there, it is a real thing though, because people, people can get into things that are not good for their mind. There's ways to get into a meditative state where you're putting junk in your mind. That's true. And, and, and so, you know, if somebody's feeding you negative stuff or subliminally, subliminally feeding you negative messaging, that's really, that's really awful. And people think, well, I just go to YouTube and do a meditation. Okay. Well, maybe hang on a minute here. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, that's exciting. So when, when you are in it's it's interesting because just a few minutes ago you were talking about you can get into into thankfulness when you're cutting your vegetables. That's absolutely true because the way that it ties together is be thankful that you have a home within which to do that and resources within which to get food and provide and everything that's around you. Like I, I'm sitting in this room and I'm thinking I'm so thankful for each and everything that I have. There's so yeah. many people who are um, angry, lonely, freaked out, scared because they don't have what they think they want. So they can't even begin to be in a place of thankfulness, which is unfortunate because no matter where we are, we, we have to be in a place of thankfulness. Otherwise, <clears throat> our whole brain chemistry is different. Yes. You know, in, and people are not, in our culture, we're not educated about brain science and anatomy and physiology, which I think is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. How do you live in your vehicle and not know what's in there? Like if you're mm-hmm. sitting in your car, you know where the handles are. Right. A lot of people don't know where their handles are. Yeah. Yeah. So how many people do you think are going to be in your webinar today? Do they pre-register? They do pre-register. So um, I hadn't, haven't checked the numbers, but it's, it really varies on, on the day. Um, 10, 20. Um, and you record it? We do record it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to the website mm-hmm. or the Facebook page, and then people have a way to pick it up there. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love the whole on-demand thing. Yeah. So you can yeah. make a recording. All of our stuff that we do here on Blog Talk Radio is always on Blog Talk Radio on the platform on the K Factor. And it's uploaded to Apple, into iTunes, into the cloud, and it's distributed from there. That's the thing that's so amazing. It's distributed from there. Our distribution, we could hire a fulfillment house that couldn't do it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're up over a million uh, places that we've been distributed to. And that means that people are listening. Yes. 
they're actually hearing what we're talking about. And then we also, while we're doing this, I am doing this as a Zoom call, so we have a video recording of it, and that gets put up onto YouTube. And the YouTube channel, which is Deborah Carlin, Dr. Deborah Carlin, and everybody can see exactly what they're hearing. And people have preferences. You know, sometimes people just want to be in the car and hear an audio. Other times, I think people, I don't think, I know, people get lonesome. And they want to come in. So come on in. (laughs) Have a seat. Water's warm, yep. Right, exactly. We'll sit here and we'll have a conversation about it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting because in in our mind, when we are thinking, <clears throat> we're not thinking in terms of the reality that thinking is, a, is an energy. It's a certain frequency. And that frequency is driving where it is that we're able to travel. It's like when you get in your car, a lot of car analogies here today. When you get in your car, you put your foot on the gas pedal to accelerate. And and how fast you you accelerate, things are going to go flying by you. And sometimes that's exciting and it really heightens your energy. And then you realize that you're going so fast, you've kind of lost control. And you need to slow down so you can take a look at things. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That's how I feel about this. This week was, was a struggle for me. And interesting that we're bringing this up. And I know that it happens, doesn't happen to just me. So, yeah, I've had to take a moment, um, force myself to slow down, you know, be mindful of my calendar, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm agreeing to and what, you know, what I've committed to. Because then I look next week, slows down. So I keep telling myself just, one step at a time, right. keep the car going straight down, <laughs> down the street, right. and, uh, you, you know, you, you'll work through it. And But you have to have that awareness, too, that, that, that that's happening. Because yeah. otherwise, like you said, you get to the point and you're out of control, and then it's a little bit harder to, to, to bring it back. And so I, went, I was aware, you know, I've had some, just some things come up this week that were unexpected. So sometimes that happens. And so then, what you know, what are you going to? Are you going to reframe that? What are you going to, you know, change? What can you move around? Um, so you're, you know, you're aware of, of what's going on in your mind. So. And, you know, <clears throat> when people say to me, this is just who I am. Mm. Every, every day is really a new blank slate. Yeah. It's as filled up, <clears throat> excuse me, it's as filled up with junk as you allow it to be. So if what you do, and this is so fascinating, when I hear other people say that the first thing that they do in the morning when they wake up is they say, ah, yeah, thank you. It's another opportunity. The reality that we don't stop and think about often enough, like every single day, is that there there will come a day when we're not here to say that. Yeah. That'll be the day that we're called back home, as I say. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> when when I think about the number of times that that someone I love has died, I remember that. And it, you know, it it's both 
uh, heartbreaking and sad, and it's also a moment of rejoice because, okay, I am here. I am here right now. Thank you. And I don't know if I get to see another moment. I mean, I don't want to be neurotic and live on the edge of my seat, but in a way we all kind of do. You know, we have we have so much faith that we forget to give gratefulness, gratitude, thankfulness to it. But if we didn't believe, when people say, oh, I just have no faith, I have no hope anymore. Yes, you do. You got up and brushed your teeth. That yeah. was, you know, that was that was hope that you were going to go put something in your mouth. Uh, that was that was thankfulness that you remembered clean breath. Yeah. You know, you put on your clothes and got dressed in the in the hopes that you would have some reason to be up and out of bed. Yeah. And then and then we come here and we start talking about the the really big things that you and I are both trying to do. We've got a a tremendous amount of. Um, ambition and aspiration and hope, hope for the day, hope for the future. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, there's a lot of momentum. Um, there's, I feel like a lot of shifts in my energy and people around me. Um, and I, you know, that's something to be thankful for right there. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're being presented with an opportunity here to maybe make some shifts in either your mind or in your life. And, you know, it's up to you. Like you said, it's a new day. Every single, every single day is a new day and a new opportunity. And and it's up to you how you wake up, how you go about that, the things that you allow to go into your mind, the people that surround you, you know, take a look and see, are are you surrounding yourself with people full of gratitude? Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, and what are you listening to? And is it is it uplifting? And a lot of those things can really contribute to the energy that you feel throughout the day. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting as you as you were as you were just saying that, my mind drifted over to um, thinking about people that we allow into our life. And if there's if there's somebody who you have in your life who is um, displeasing to you. They're aggravating you. What I always think is, and this is sort of an embarrassing optimism that I have. I've been accused of having fairy dust. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but it feels good you're, when you're I... A little, you're a little magical. <laughs> But it feels good when you get sprinkled with my fairy dust is what people yeah. tell me, right? Yeah. So um, the, the thing that I find myself hoping is, oh, I, I hope that that person wakes up today and reappears for me different, refreshed, mm-hmm. kinder and gentler and considerate in a whole I new like way. That. I love, like that a lot. Because just because somebody was not in a way that was comfortable or pleasing to you yesterday doesn't mean that there isn't a new opportunity. Now, like, for instance, what if everybody with Antifa and who protested and rioted all this time showed up today with peace signs and scrub buckets and wanted to clean the place up? 
I think we'd all say, welcome. And, you know, great. And and after they were out there working for a few hours, we might even bring them a beverage. Yeah. You know, we might we might find a way to to go out and and say, you know, thank you for this because we really are all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fabulous if that, that happened? But we can wake up with the thought. I I do. Because if if enough of us start to think that. The energy shifts. Yeah, the energy shifts. It's it's inevitable. It is inevitable. Yeah. So. So yesterday, when I was on the three o'clock show, I said to Ron Williams, who's my co-host on that, "It is a good day." (laughs) The president of the United States, President Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I saw that. For what he did for the United Arab Emirates and in Israel. And the way that the world is rejoicing that is amazing. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I love it that another president of another nation recognized this as being a tremendous feat. I mean, as long as I have been alive, there has been war in the Middle East. And and these countries, you know, they're 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 fighting over something that they just don't need to fight over. So the beauty in that, it, I mean, gives me so much hope. And people who let's take it out of Democratic and and, and Republican, people who want to argue that one side is better than the other, aren't we all Americans? Shouldn't we all be thankful that we are Americans? My goodness, I'm really thankful that I'm an American. As am I, yeah. Born here, grew up here, really have never truly had to worry about anything. I mean, worry temporarily. Right. But nothing like some of the the things people overseas have, have lived through. Exactly. Yeah, it's beyond our our imagination. Well, and then the other piece of good news was also about peace, that there there are cities around the country where the mayors and the governor are letting the federal government come in to help them stop the violence and the mass destruction that's taking place. And I thought, what a good day this is. Because it's really, it's too scary it's too scary out here right now yeah and the message really needs to be delivered strongly that we want a different energy in our country we want a different healthfulness in our country we don't want all this violence taking place we can't sustain it and and i've i've talked a lot about our bend, yours and mine, with wellness and what I call authentic, holistic well-being. The people who are so angry about social injustice and what they call race relations, you know, they're not in a place of thankfulness or gratitude. They're in a high-energy rage, and that eventually will make them very physically ill. Yes. And I worry about that for them. I, I do sincerely. I do. I worry about that for them because 
they're not, well, if they get their way, they won't have a 911 number to call. And 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 if they're if they're really bent on destroying everything, there won't be any place for anybody to go to. You know, if we rip down every building, um, and we're losing police officer and police officers and for, and first emergency responders and nurses, uh, physicians, people are getting anxious and and in despair and depressed and suicidal. Do you know? Depression and suicide has increased in 2020, like beyond where. Yeah, like double digits. Yeah. It's so not reasonable. And it's 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 really disheartening because it's so unnecessary. Right. And yeah, I mean, I don't think some people understand what holding on to that much negative energy and rage. You said, like you said, rage and anger and and what that does to your body, mm-hmm. uh, just similar to what stress can do to your to do to your body. And it is stress. Yeah, the it, damage that yeah. you're putting, that you're that you're doing to yourself for what purpose? You know, and it's um, it's so unnecessary. And there's other ways. Um, you know, to get a, get a point across, but um, it's not this. It is always through dialogue that productive things can happen, not through screaming, because then nobody can hear. People scream because they want to be heard, and when you scream, everybody recoils. Yeah. When, when you whisper, people actually lean in because mm-hmm. they're really trying to hear. But, you know, the, the, the thing that hurts my heart so intently is that all of all of these people who are in such a rage um, ought to be thankful that they've got the energy that they've got and let's 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 direct that but in order to have those conversations we need for people to get out of the streets and come and sit somewhere and I don't know where it is and who it is who'd be invited because, you know, who's the leadership? It's kind of foggy. Who's the leadership? You know, I've seen a couple of people emerge, but the leadership is is um, hidden behind the curtain somewhere. Who is it that we go? Who is it that we go find to come out and talk? And who are we going to sit down and have them talk to? Probably our president. Mm-hmm. But if he talks to our, if they talk to our president, then we need to get other congressional leaders involved. And can we get all of our congressional leaders on the same page? <laughs> Please. That would be nice. We would that, be thankful. Yeah. We, I would be thankful. We would be. Yeah. That would that would be helpful. I think to uh, move the needle here. And yeah, it's. I'm trying to. I try to stay. Positive. Yeah. I try to stay optimistic. You know, I try not to spend hours watching the news because you know that takes its toll. Yes, you know, it so, does. Yeah, you know, takes me out of my abundance mindset, and then you're suddenly in a scarcity mindset. Right. That's not that's not a good place because all these people that are fighting in the streets are in a scarcity mindset. They're in a lack. They're in a place of lack instead of a place of abundance and gratitude, and it's 
you just can't accomplish anything from a place of scarcity and lack. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. You can't accomplish anything good. You cannot get your point across. Uh, you cannot convince people and your actions don't, you know, are, are not a reflection of really what you want to happen. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. Very interesting time. Yeah. So what do you think, what do you think the formula is? What do you think we ought to be doing about all this? Oh my. Well, I, I, I believe some of these cities that are not letting troops come in, um, trying to do it on their own is, is kind of backfiring in many areas. So we just we need more teamwork. We need we need the government, like you said, the governments to all work together from the top down, and for the greater good. Because I don't, you know, I, I don't know how some of these areas are gonna are gonna get out of this situation or end this violence, and they don't start to to work together to put you know to put a stop to it. And um, I mean, I'm not in politics for a reason. <laughs> Not where I hit that's not where not where the best use of my time would be. So uh, I'm just I'm hoping for some leadership. Yeah. People to stand up and you know, it's it's unprecedented times. I think that's part of it, you know. So didn't either didn't see it coming or didn't see it going, growing and escalating to the point and it is in some of these areas. And now we're kinda of, we're kinda of, we've moved past sometimes I feel like the point of no return, but we gotta figure it out. So one of the things that occurs to me, being a person of deep faith, I'm looking at what a mess California is, what a mess Oregon is, what a mess Washington State is. And by the way, that's some of my favorite territory, that part of the world, that part of the country. It's beautiful. We have now got within two short weeks, we went from having a million acres on fire to now we've got almost two and a half million acres on fire. I heard last night, 2.3 million acres on fire. The sky is apocalyptic orange and, uh, you know, people are being burned alive. I mean, it's horrifying. Now, do you think that in the midst of that, as those governors and those mayors are trying to get those fires fought, that they're hesitating to call in federal resources? No. No. So isn't that an interesting door that gets opened mm-hmm. so that there's, that there's that conversation, there's that help, there's that warmth, there's that dialogue. And I think in some ways, you know, if we don't get the message in one way and it's meant for us, we're going to get the message in another way. When people say, you know, I've given up on God. My prayers never get answered. Yeah, they do. All Mm -hmm. of our prayers get answered. Yeah. But we're not praying to give, we're not the manager of the universe. So it's not for us to give the universe or God or mother nature, whoever it is who you put your faith into to give them their to-do list. Okay. All right, have to. <laughs> here's here's your task list for today. Here's your yeah. task list for my life. 
if you don't do it in gratitude and say, here are the things I have intention for, then, you know, like the universe just repels, like, you're a spoiled, rotten person. We're not listening to you. Change it around. Otherwise, we're going to have to maneuver you through the sea of waves until you have an awakening there. So I'm thinking, what if what if these these natural disasters are actually, you know, giant SOS cards from the universe saying, please connect. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's deep. That's, and it, it, it is an extremely interesting point you make. Why can we ask for help in this situation but, but in this situation, no, no, don't need your help. We're, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very good point for some, for some of these politicians to consider. Yeah. Why, why, why can, why can we work together? I mean, cause the fires, it's a natural disaster, but these riots and everything happening, it's, it's a disaster. And, yeah, it's a behavioral and, disaster. Yeah. Mm. So one of the things that I think about that, it, it, it causes me to reflect when I was um, on the faculty at a university. And I, mm-hmm. was, and I was teaching a range of classes. And I had a reputation for taking on classes at other faculty. You know, they were in the midst of their research or they were doing a sabbatical and they need somebody to pick up their classes. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating. I love teaching. It was fun and challenging. And when I would teach abnormal behavior, they always had to get a bigger classroom, bigger classroom, bigger classroom. And I would say to my students, what are you all doing in here? Why do you all want to know about abnormal behavior? Oh, it's so fascinating. What's so fascinating about it? Don't you think that normal is really fascinating because I can I can guarantee you that in another decade you're going to be looking to normalize in your own skin as you get anxious, freaked out, in despair about life. Well, then they started to recognize that that was already happening. These are only teenagers, right? In college. Mm-hmm. The thing that. Um, that I pointed out to them was there's this huge difference between when we call out for help and when we don't and when we blame people and when we try to rescue people. So if your roommate is, is, is laying in bed, writhing in pain and saying that their right side at the bend of their leg to the right of their crotch is just an agonizing pain, sharp stabbing pain. What are you going to do? Well, they're having an appendicitis attack. I'm going to call 911. Okay. Very good. Yeah. How about if your roommate is laying in bed and won't let you open the shades and it's been going on for days, now it's a week, week and a half, the room stinks because they haven't gotten up to take a shower. They look awful. They haven't gone to classes. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm ticked off. I'm telling them to get their act together. Not a 911 call? How come you're not diagnosing that? I mean, you're not a professional. You really aren't supposed to be diagnosing anything. But you're an observer. You've lived in life. And you know when there's a problem. 
So why aren't you calling 911 for that? Well, what would we say? You would describe the symptoms just like you do when you have a physical immediate. Why isn't this an immediate? Because people, when it comes to a behavioral issue, psychological issue, and that's what we're looking at in our country right now, we're looking at major psychological issues, major full-blown behavioral problems, why did anybody 911 at any of the, in all of those people before they took to the streets? Right. Because I can guarantee they wouldn't be out there if they had strep throat. They wouldn't be out there if they had pneumonia. They wouldn't be out there if they were writhing in pain from appendicitis or irritable bowel syndrome or an ulcer. So why do we do that? Yeah, it's an interesting point. And... We, you know, we as a society, I think, have almost just determined what what's worth a 911 call for. I mean, it's it, it, in an analogy, essentially, but. Yeah, it's, it's troublesome. It is. It's, and again, you know, where, where do we go? Where do, where where do people like you and I fit into all of that that aren't out on the streets and we're but we're we're sidelined in so many areas of our life because some of us live in those places where going out is I'm thankfully in an area where I, I don't have a lot of that going on. I don't have a lot of fear about that in my particular area right now, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't be here tomorrow. I mean some of these riots, you know, it's it just takes one little situation and You've got thousands taken to the street that night. You know, just what happened up in Kenosha. I think it was Kenosha last week. Yep, that's right. It was instant. I mean, um, but their governor called in called in people because he knew it's it's come. It's they're going to go from this incident. There, we, we have a problem. It's going to happen in, in, immediately that that night. And um, so it, it you know it can happen anywhere. And I don't know. What do you think that What do you think we can do? Well, there's a number of things that we can do that we absolutely need to do. And and so, for instance, in Kenosha, you know, these stories get blown out. And, and the people who end up getting in trouble are criminals. I mean, yeah. everybody who there's chanting about, these are not good upstanding citizens. I mean, excuse me, George Floyd was a very evil violent man he did a home invasion and held a gun to the belly of a pregnant woman during a home invasion really seriously uh she's not singing his praise that's i can't even imagine what that would be like bad enough for yourself but for you and your unborn child these guys break into your house and they want what you got um this this uh this uh, young man in in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What was he doing in the place that he was doing? He had he had already raped, sexually assaulted, and beaten the woman who was calling the police. It, he wasn't supposed to be there. And <clears throat> so there's this worship. That's racism. We want to worship you because of the color of your skin. Because we think you've been discriminated against because of the color of your skin. So we have to stop looking at it, for one thing. 
we should not be looking at each other saying, I either like you or dislike you because of the color of your skin. I'm either going to give you a job or not give you a job because of the color of your skin. We just have to stop looking at it. And listen to Candace Owens last night, who is a political commentator with Prager University. And, and she is a young black woman who is saying, we got to come together. You know, I, I didn't have a single black person following me a few years ago. Now, I have a groundswell of black people who are telling me, thank you for giving me my life back. I'm not a victim. Part of the formula for us is that we need to talk. And part of the problem is, is that we've been afraid to talk. I'm afraid to speak out. I'm afraid to say anything because somebody's going to come after me and hurt me. Well, they're on the way anyway. They're looking out to hurt everybody who's in their path, white or black, young or old. So, that's with the gang violence, the, the mob mentality. But in our own daily life, we know the people who are in our midst, who are struggling. So what's the first thing that you do when you see someone in pain? You say, you're doubled over in pain. Can I call for help for you? Yeah. And somehow when, when somebody's in trouble and it's an emotional psychological program, the layperson will say, how can I help? You know, you want to talk to me. Okay. Would you be saying the same thing if you were needing to take out their appendix? Listen, hold on. I'll get a sharp knife and we'll get that out of there for you. <laughs> you know, I got a pair of scissors in my desk. Wait a second. Yeah. The, the People take psychological issues far too lightly and think that they can handle them. I can't tell you how many cases I've been invited to step into because somebody thought that they could manage with no training how to deal with somebody's psyche. Now, you know, I've had great clinical training. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a clinical psychologist who opens up my door to do therapy with people. Do I do a lot of guiding and educating? You bet I do. Am I known to be an integrative practitioner? Absolutely. And and work on healings of all different sorts? Absolutely. Nutritionally, psychologically, uh, acupuncture, acupressure, um, massage, herbs, uh, homeopathy, you know, energy. There's a whole basket of things. When I have somebody who's in deep psychological despair, I get them the best referral in my network in Partners in Excellence and make sure that they are getting what they need as an immediate. And and I I, I, uh, partner up with who I refer them to, you know, take them to a psychiatrist or an internal medicine physician or uh, another psychologist and, and, and say, we really need to help. We, you know, here's what's going on, and get them to take the lead and and you know feed them information. It takes a team to heal people, but we've got people in our midst right now that we need to make calls about. You know, and if and, and if it's not a 911 call today, it might be. There's a lot of people who have come home to find the person who committed suicide. And said, why didn't I call somebody? Don't be asking yourself that question the day after. 
Yeah, that's that's really good. Just you know to be aware of what you know and pay attention to, to people around you and offer yeah offer a hand. Big time. Uh, you know from compassion and empathy and kindness and. Because you never know that per- you might be the only one that's going to do that for that person. And so we all can, I think, be more observant and and kinder and, and pay attention to somebody that might be in need and um, might need some help. Yeah, like you said before, it's too late. And imagine if we all did a little bit more of that, the world would be a little nicer place. Yes, indeed it would. And I'm just sitting here looking at you, listening to you, being thankful for our connection, for you being here. You are you are such a gentle soul. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. You know, the other thing that we really need, too, Alexandra, is we need to return back to having um, institutions, places where we put the mentally ill people who cannot function in society. I'm not talking about locking people away in dungeons. I'm talking about what was once upon a time. I mean, the reason that the deinstitutionalization happened in this country in the in the 50s and 60s was that in 70s was that some legislators thought, well, we need to open the gates and train everybody to live in society. Not everybody has the capacity. It's hard enough when you're supposedly normal or bright. We need to have a place, you know, all the people who are homeless, (laughs) you don't have capacity. If you're living on the street, it's not because you think it's a groovy thing. It's because you no longer have capacity Yeah. or have people who can take care of you, who are your family. We need to be able to fund that. We've got plenty of places in the country where people can live. You fly over the United States and it's like, look at all that land down there. We can have beautiful facilities where people can live in joy, be taken care of, you know, not be laying in bed medicated for the rest of their life and then smoking cigarettes in the TV room. We can have people doing meaningful things that will give them purpose in their life and have pets be a part of their life that enrich their spirits. You know, how about if we are on a movement to enrich everybody's spirit and have people have a joyful experience on this plane and when they die and go to heaven, they've been a contributing member to society mm-hmm. because they loved a, a, a lamb or they took care of baby goats, yeah. you know, or miniature donkeys. I mean, I see these things and I think I, I need that place. I need to provide a place where people are coming and living and being tended to and it's healthy for them. Yeah, that would, that's, that would be wonderful. That would be such a better place to put our energy than some of the directions some of our leaders are putting their energy right now. And and we also, you know, when we look at how young some of these people are who are involved in these protests, these demonstrations, these riots, If you don't have parents at home, then we need to have orphanages 
where you're going to be loved. You're going to sleep in a warm, clean bed every night. You're going to participate in the housekeeping and learn how to keep a, a residence and learn daily chores and facilitate in the meal prep and, and, and be in a big extended family. I'm not talking about places where we've got hundreds of people like it's an institution. I'm talking about orphanages that are cottage communities where people can really come together and extend care. There's all kinds of people in our world who are, are lonesome and who would want to be a part of a community. Um, you know, this is what my institute is about, is to have land in the countryside where, and I'm, and I'm looking again currently, I might have found another place in the vineyards of Missouri. Uh, with acreage and people can be there and come for, you know, wonderful wellness and well-being. And we also have people who are there who are contributing members to that little culture, that little community. What a great vision. What a great dream. That's really awesome. Had it for a lifetime. Yeah. Probably because my mother was orphaned at a young age. Her mother died when she was barely 11. And her father decided to bolt. So she and her sister and brother ended up in a Catholic orphanage for a while. Mm. What would have happened to them if that hadn't been an opportunity? Yeah, the street. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that about your about your mom, your mother. She was an amazing lady with an amazing life who said, I will not, I will not succumb to horror in my life. I will work my way through this. I will find a way. And boy, oh boy, did she. Elegant, lovely woman. So in terms of thankfulness, I think about the ways in which I'm so thankful that my father's mother from Sweden had the courage and the vision to come to America on a boat when she was, she landed here when she was 15 alone. My, my mother, and then she met a man here in uh, Chicago who was also Swedish, big Swedish community. She married him and he had my father at the age of 34 opened up a bakery and a restaurant, brought her sisters over from Sweden. And great heroic story, a lot of work, but great heroic story, great community. And my my mother, you know, had a a, a, a totally different history and reality. And yet those two people came together to marry, to have a, a long wedded bliss and produce three children which gave rise to marriages and many grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And and so it's all in how we do it, you know, how we put it together, how we allow it to be, what we make it invitational. Uh, and, and it starts with waking up in the morning and saying, thank you. I, I am, I'm actually here. Yes. <laughs> Pretend you're waking up anywhere. I mean, like, if you wake up in Hawaii, you're probably saying, thank you, I'm here. Okay. Well, you're where you are right now, Philadelphia, Florida, Illinois, New York, California, wherever you are. Thank you, I'm here. And if, by the way, if you're in the fires, thank you, I'm here. Please, God, deliver rain. 
Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's. <clears throat> I like that. Before you know, eyes open, and it just starts with gratitude right from the start. For those of us not doing that out there, imagine how much your life could change it with will. just that little shift in your energy to start your day. And by the way, if you wake up with someone after you're grateful that you're there, reach over and say, I have so much gratitude in my heart right now because you are right beside me. Mm, yeah. So you're, you're starting your day off right. Imagine what that's going to do to the person laying next to you. Yeah. Or your kids walking to wake them up. Exactly. So thankful that you're here. Or your pet, whatever it might be, whatever you have. That's right. So when I was when I was last married, my husband would snore, and he was 20 years older than I was. So I would lay in the bed. I would turn on my side towards him. I would put my hands under his pillow, and I would pull him closer to me, and I would say a prayer. And here was what my prayer was. This is drop dead true. Dear Lord, thank you for this man. And thank you for the sound of him being next to me. There will come a day when I will miss this sound. Yeah. Wow. And it's true. Yeah. But, you know, we I, I, I've seen a lot of couples and worked with people who say, I can't sleep. This person is snoring, whether it's the wife or the husband, mate or mate, whatever he's under. And I and I tell them that story. Okay, you keep complaining about it. There'll come a day when it won't be there, and that'll be your reminder. The silence will be your reminder. Yeah. You would you would give anything to hear that snoring just one more time. Mm-hmm. It's like the the dirty hands of children on the wall. You know, wipe yeah. up after yourself. Yeah. Okay, well, when your place is immaculate, you're living there all by yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very true. And that's, that's true gratitude. I mean, that. That's true gratitude. Yeah. All right, in the last couple of minutes that we have here, tell our audience how they can come to see you on this webinar. Do they need to register and pay? What do they need to do? They would need to be a member of our Facebook group. Okay. And the link will be uh, posted there. Um, they would some be able to join us. <laughs> some of them are, uh, you pay to listen to them, but this webinar today is complimentary. So it's open to anyone that's a member of our group as my guest. So what is the Facebook group? Business Momentum Syndicate. So you go to the Business Momentum Syndicate on Facebook and you ask to join and someone will give you a yay or a nay. Yeah. And then if you have a yay, then you get to get into good mindfulness this afternoon. Yes, you do. And what time is it at? It's 1 o'clock Eastern one o'clock time? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Superb. All right, well, stick around with me here for a minute while I close this yep. out for us. Friends, it's been our pleasure <clears throat> for Alexandra Nikolai and your host here, Dr. Deb Carlin, to have you participate by listening as we're talking about things that matter. 
life matters. You matter. Your well-being matters. And thankfulness really matters in a big way. For today, here on the K Factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it, we've brought you the factors around thankfulness and the thoughtfulness that gets you there. So until next time, we're going to say ta, peace out. Thank you. Have a great day.